The transformation started here. At least, it did for us. Right here, at Dundas and Victoria, in the beating heart of the city, where the story was told. For us, the story was the heart. Right here, in the center of the city, it sang out bread and roses. It sang out love thy neighbor as thyself. It sang out love thine enemy. It sang out transformative justice. And it sang all that out boldly and unashamedly in the key of passion, of desire. Yes, that kind of desire. But also desire, longing, hunger, thirst for change. For a world we felt in our guts could be, but couldn't perceive clearly yet. We could only catch whispers of it in the negative space where it wasn't yet, but ought to be. Like the radical, transformative love that could have been, and ought to have been, between the angel of music and his angel. We knew the transformation was coming when we brought the story back after almost three decades gone from the heart of the city. Especially because we didn't just revive it like before. Not for profit this time. Not extractive. We felt it when we managed to get the land trust for the theater and put together the collectives to restore the theater and run the production. It was so much slower than the old top-down corporate process. It took us years to get it all done. And at times, it required so much damn patience. But we had to do it that way. We're telling a story about the terrible effects and consequences of injustice. So how could we do otherwise without hypocrisy, or at least fragmentation? Still, it was a slow, painstaking learning curve as we figured out how to do something so ambitious cooperatively and non-extractively. And then, as we were in the midst of it all, the transformation really took off. We like to think we played some small part in conjuring it into being. That was certainly our intention, because we feel like the story itself invokes the transformation. And of course, we tried to prefigure and to model the change we desired in the way we produced and ran the show, with the collectives, with ethically and often locally sourcing the props and costumes, running the whole thing on solar power, finding ways to minimize or eliminate waste. So we like to believe it all contributed 
that we helped show what could be done and helped shift the energies toward the transformation. Now that the transformation is happening, though, it really helps. It really helps to have the economy relocalizing around us. It's so much easier to get supplies and know that they're sustainably produced. And the universal basic income helps us operate non-extractively, too, because it means we're not dependent on ticket sales. So we can make tickets actually affordable to ordinary people again. And more than that, people are welcome to pay us in barter rather than money, too, and they often do. We love receiving gifts from people's gardens and or workshops. It binds us into the city around us. The UBI also means we don't have to do eight shows a week, which is wonderful. We had wanted not to do the traditional eight-show week and had been looking for ways to do that. So it was great when the UBI came along and enabled it. So now we're able to only do four shows a week, which means that A, we don't rip through costumes and props in such an unsustainable way because they receive less wear and tear and there's more time to take care of them. And B, it's much kinder to the actor's mental health. Because to tell this story well, you have to go to dark places, especially the actors playing the Phantom and Christine. You have to tap into pain. And you can't do that eight shows a week without consequences. No one's getting financially rich doing it the way we are. But we're all getting rich in being able to do what we love, telling the story that we love so dearly. And it's allowed the story to come back to the heart of the city.